Blog Talk Radio. It's 12 noon in the great white north, and you know what that means. It's time for another edition of White Men Can't Score. Today, it's episode four, the Bobby Orr edition. Coming at you from the Great White North. I hope everyone's well today. She's a cold and snowy day up here in the Great White North. Two inches of snow overnight, minus 12. Could be worse, but could be a hell of a lot better. But anyway, that being said, today, Wide Mid Count Score, the Bobby Orr edition, episode number four. Bobby Orr, the greatest hockey player of all time. Don't listen to any talk about Wayne Gretzky or Lemieux or McDavid or any of these other pretenders. Bobby Orr did it all, did it before anybody else, played D, scored points like a power forward. If it hadn't have been for a knee injury, that could have been fixed with our technology three or four years later down in the road in his career. He could have been back out on the ice, good as new. Just simply a game changer, a game more. He did it all. Teams were so afraid of him that even on the penalty kill, the penalty kill people, they'd hang back because they knew he could blow right by them. 129 points in a season, or excuse me, 139 as a defenseman, plus 124. That's insane, people. Those stats right now would get you every major piece of hardware in the league. Bobby Orr defined the game, defined the position, the greatest player of all time. And, yeah, you heard it here first. And if you got a problem with that, take it up with Frank, who will be more than happy to punch you right in the face. So, we had another crazy weekend in sports. And in the NHL in particular, where, once again, some teams just couldn't decide whether they really wanted to get into the postseason or not. So, taking a quick look at the standings, uh, we can see again in the, in the East, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning still in first, but faltering a little bit, <clears throat> finding a little bit ragged. Maybe they're getting a little tired, uh, particularly in the net. Um, but they're still in first by two points over the Bruins, who are rolling, as usual. God damn, the Bruins look good. I'm, I'm not a big Bruin fan, but damn, he's hard to want to bet against that team, let me tell you. Um, uh, the Leafs also looking good. Can't seem to have a fucking invincible at home. I don't know if that's going to hold up or not, but they're looking good so far for third in the, in the East. And then we got Washington, the Penguins, who you can just never say no to. Uh, the Blue Jackets, and then in a wild card, we got the Flyers and the Devils. Um, boy, what could you say about that Pittsburgh-Philadelphia game the other day? What a battle. Oh, it's a beautiful hockey game to watch, and if you missed it, you really missed something. I hope the playoff games are like that. Uh, sipping over to the West. Well, first, let's finish up the East. That's the guys who are in the playoff positions. 
Then we got the uh, guys looking in from the outside. Uh, Florida Panthers, 83 points, three behind the Devils. Still got nine games left. Won't write them off yet. Still a chance there. Uh, but next we got the Hurricanes, who are uh, nine points behind. Only seven games left. Boy, that's that's going to be a tough one. Uh, I don't think they can do it. And then we got the Rangers and the Islanders holding on by the skin of their teeth, but they're uh, 12 and uh, 14 points behind, respectively. So I, I think we can safely say they're done. Um, out of it uh, now, officially, is uh, Montreal. <laughs> Montreal, good God, what a train wreck. The Detroit Red Wings, who I'm sure previous their fans have got to be pissed because, God, they were horrible this year. Uh, the Ottawa Senators who uh, have fans buying billboards in downtown Ottawa uh, asking the owner to please leave. And the Buffalo Sabres, who I don't even know if they've got any fans left, but if they do, wow, uh, 58 points in a four-game losing streak. Dancing over to the West Conference. We got them Nashville Predators. Won 107 points, leading the league. First place. In second... Those mighty Winnipeg Jets, five wins in a row. Clinched the playoff spot, 102 points. City of Winnipeg in love with their Jets. Then we have those upstart Vegas Golden Knights who are starting to find out that hockey in towards the playoffs gets a little tougher. Um, they're still playing extremely well, but they're on a two-game losing streak, and they're starting to show some... Some crinkles there. We'll see how that unfolds into the playoffs. Uh, after that, we got the uh, Sharks, who woke up finally. Their old players finally got out of their midseason slumber. Uh, they got 95 points, and they've won seven in a row to get to that point and are safely, well, yeah, I'd say they're safely in the playoffs at this point. Following them, we got the Wild with 93 points, and they're safe. And the Ducks with 91 after they squeaked out an overtime winner against the Edmonton, we don't know what we are, Oilers. Uh, in the wild card, Colorado Avalanche, uh, 90 points. And the Blues, who on the strength of a five-game winning streak, are in the last uh, wild card with 89 points. Um, after that, we've got the Kings who are also have 89 points but have played uh, one more game. Uh, so they're basically dead even with the Blues. Um, anything could happen there. And even I guess they could easily catch Colorado, too. They're only a point behind them. So that's uh, the Kings are still right in the thick of it. And then there's the Dallas Stars and the Calgary Flames. By God, if you cheer for either of these teams, you must want to go and jump off a building. Dallas has lost eight in a row. They're five points out with six games left. Not impossible odds, but as close as you'd want to get. Um, and they don't look good. they got a couple injuries, too, so particularly in the net. And then there's the train wreck that are the Calgary Flames, who I don't know if they looked north and saw what the Oilers were doing and felt lonely. Didn't want to be the only Alberta team in the playoffs, so they decided to just junk it. Five losses in a row. 
Nine points out with six to go. Goalie couldn't stop a beach ball. They're not going to make it, folks. They're done. So I'd say that one's down to the Kings. And through some divine intervention, the Dallas Stars might get in, but I doubt it. So I'm going to write the Flames off. Um, in the West, the teams that are already done like toast, the uh, Arizona Coyotes, ugh. the Canucks, who are ugh, but at least have something to look forward to. The Blackhawks, who've got a serious rebuild or, or, or something on their horizon, unless they're going to take another crack at it with the bodies that they've got now. And the Edmonton Oilers, who, despite the fact that they're 15 points out of the playoffs and officially eliminated, you'd swear to God they were just one game from the Stanley Cup, the way the coverage is on the, our uh, national television up here. It's, it's annoying. And I'm going to get to that a bit more in a in a minute or two. So that's the uh, standings. So if we uh, jump from that to the potential um, playoff matchups, um, they haven't changed much from last week, but they're a little bit different. So um, if they started today, we'd have uh, in the uh, East, uh, number one Tampa against the uh, second wild card holder, New Jersey. We still get the Bruins and the Leafs matchup that I think everybody's kind of looking forward to. And then we'd get hosed out of Pittsburgh-Philly. We'd get Washington-Philly and Pittsburgh-Columbus, which I don't like at all. I really want to see Pittsburgh and Philadelphia in the first round beat the living stuffing out of one another. What a series that'll be. Well, in the West, we'd have Nashville against St. Louis. Don't like St. Louis's chances there. Uh, the Jets in the wild, for some reason on paper, looks boring. Uh, Vegas and Colorado, I think it would be a good matchup. And then we'd have the battle of the aging veterans, Sharks and the Ducks, which will probably turn out to be a pretty good series because there's going to be a little bit of everything in that one. Fights, sticking, scoring, goaltending, you name it, we're going to get it there. So uh, the matchups are... Not bad, but I'd really like to see them go to a 1 versus 16, 2 versus 15 kind of format. They never will, but that's what they should do. be way more interesting. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, a few hours south of me is the great metropolis of Edmonton, where to talk now, of course, because we're out of the playoff picture, and I have nothing else to look forward to, is the immediate awarding of the uh, MVP award to Connor McDavid. Now, Connor does lead the league in scoring. I believe he has 99 points. A few ahead of uh, Mr. Kucherov, I believe, and Mr. Malkin. But can you, in fact, award the most valuable player award to a team that doesn't have a 500 record? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the guy ain't good. Because obviously the stats speak for themselves. But how valuable is he really? I know fans want to go, but Tim, obviously he's 
open your eyes and watch. Well, I am opening my eyes and watching, and I see Edmonton not in the playoffs. Um, when I look at all the other top scorers, or at least in the top uh, ten, all those teams are playoff bound. And in fact, if you want to go even further, there are only three, four in the top 20 who are not playoff bound. Um, Last time I checked, the most important stat in team sports was winning. Sure, the uh, points are nice, and on a personal level, I guess it's an achievement. He's already won a scoring race once, so I guess it's not really that big a deal even for him to win it again. Um, I would bet you dollars to donuts, though, that he'd be quite happy to uh, take a eighth place in the uh, point standings for a playoff spot. And if he didn't, then that tells me a lot of what the problem is in Edmonton. Uh, you know, they won uh, a couple of games here, although they <laughs> they coughed one up in typical Oilers style last night. Um, and the talk again was right back to, oh, wait till next year. You know, we've got we've got the powerhouse. No, you don't. You have two players, and unless somebody else really steps up, you are not going to ever win the Stanley Cup. Ever. Connor McDavid is a great player. He is not good enough to put his that entire team on his back and take them to the cup. It will not happen. Uh, I would bet the house on it. Um, as I said, they, they've won a couple of games here. They won three in a row. And all of a sudden, we were right back to, oh, my God, if only this just would have happened a few games earlier, earlier we'd be in contention. But... Uh, no, not to be. But anyway, uh, if Conor McDavid wins the MVP, I'm not going to be horribly upset. But I really think there are better players. Not better players, but more valuable players. Uh, Colorado without Nathan McKinnon doesn't win 20 games. Um, There's a few teams with goalies, Toronto being one. I mean, their goalie will never win it. But without him... They're mediocre at best. Um, the Oilers are mediocre with Connor McDavid. They'd just be bad without him. So, for my two cents, he doesn't win the award. But it's only an award, so whoop de doo uh, Looking at players who uh, used to be a big thing and kind of fell off the radar and then have re, you know, maybe reinvented themselves, Um Take a look at Eric Stahl from the uh, Minnesota Wild. Of course, if you follow the game, you remember him from uh, his days in uh, Carolina, where he, uh, I believe, won the Stanley Cup, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And then was traded to uh, the Rangers where he kind of, well, just sort of disappeared. 
as is wont to do with the guys who sign big contracts and head to the big city. Um, sometimes it just doesn't work out there for whatever reasons. Uh, he only played 20 games in New York. Uh, a whole six points, and he was out of there. Although he'd been rapidly declining in uh, uh, Carolina. Uh, he was never a huge point scorer, but he was always good for 30 and 30, 30 and 40, that sort of thing. Then his numbers were slowly going from 20 to 30, from 30 to 40 to 20 to 30 to 10 to 20. And uh, they dumped him. And he went to, uh, signed a free agent contract with uh, Minnesota. And this year is, uh, the last year had 65 points, and this year is tearing it up. Um, I believe he's, you know, in the low 70s, pushing 80 points. And, boy, that kind of production out of a 33-year-old guy who everybody thought was washed up, that's a pretty good pick. Um, He's, like, three goals behind in the uh, Rocket Richard race for goal scoring. He's got 39 goals. They couldn't couldn't have expected that, you don't think. 14th NHL season, making peanuts. Three and a half million, but that's peanuts in in the pro sports. Um, you just, <laughs> you know, hats off to Eric Stahl. That doesn't happen very often, and uh, you got to be impressed by uh, somebody who's got that kind of pull. Um, yeah, moving on from there. Are we still in the studio live? Be no, we're still here. I think we 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 lost uh, contact there for a moment. A small problem with the internet, but I think we're back now. So moving on. Um, yeah, where were we? Eric Stahl. Kudos to Eric Stahl for uh, pulling up the numbers he has this year for a veteran. Nothing but impressed. Uh, let's have a look at uh, upcoming games in the, for uh, tonight, and then we're going to move on to a, a new segment. That's probably going to warp everyone's mind, but we'll give it a go anyway. Uh, tonight on the board, uh, we'll do some picks here while we're at it. Um, Buffalo at Toronto. Um, that's a Toronto win. Although Toronto is due to lose a game at home, but good Lord, if they lose to Buffalo, that's really... Um, And then in a game that matters, we've got uh, Florida to the Islanders. Uh, The Islanders lose and they're out. Panthers need those points to try to get in. They're only a couple out. So that's a a game worth... uh, If you can get that game somewhere on satellite or whatever, that's one worth watching. Uh, a total non-game. We've got Ottawa and Carolina. Um, that's a Carolina win. Um, in the previous game, by the way, I'll take Florida over the Islanders. Uh, we've got Washington uh, against uh, the Rangers in New York, uh, where the Rangers have uh, yet again wasted another season of uh, Henrik Lundqvist in mediocrity. 
Capitals for the win there. Uh, oh, the battle of the have-nots. Uh, Detroit versus Montreal. Uh, Detroit's on the road. Uh, I'll lean towards Montreal, although that is a game of nobodies and nothings. Uh, we have the Coyotes at the Lightning. That should be a Lightning win, unless they bench everybody because it's against Coyotes. Uh, the Sharks and the Blackhawks in Chicago. Well, Got to pick the Sharks. The Blackhawks are done. Um, the Flames and the Kings. Uh, the Flames on their last legs. If they don't win tonight, I think they're done. Uh, officially done, I think they're done anyway. But uh, mathematically done, I'll give that one to the Kings. And then in the game of the night, Colorado and Vegas. In a possible preview of a playoff matchup. Uh, those two are going to go at it. That should be a great game. For those of you who might want to pick uh, pick up a game worth watching, that that would be one I'd, I'd definitely tune into. So if you're a, even a partial little time viewer and viewer listener, and uh, you have uh, listened to the Wide Men Network and specifically Wide Men Can't Jump, you know about a guy named Frank. Uh, Frank is my cousin. And as I've said before, he's that cousin who, well, everybody's got one. Um, he's kind of an oddball, a bit of a misfit. Uh, doesn't really fit in. He's kind of that guy, uh, you, know, you almost maybe don't want to admit that you're a blood relative to the fella. And yet at the same time, he can be extremely funny uh, and extremely useful because he's good at those things that regular folk, you know, he's a tinker and a, and a um, jack-of-all-trades, master of none, as they say. Um, you know, he's the kind of guy that can fix that leaky toilet or, you know, that uh, goddamn lawnmower won't run. Can't seem to get it started. Frank's that guy who comes over and spends two and a half hours in the 110 degree heat with a lawnmower taken apart and fixes it and all he wants in return is a beer. You know, he's that guy. So you love him and you hate him, but he's family. So, and, you know, we've been family for nearly 50 years. So I've just learned to tolerate him. And when he says something politically incorrect or makes a bad t- choke and bad taste, I just live with it, and, you know, it's Frank, right? So don't get upset out there if you think uh, you might be getting picked on. You're not. Frank loves everybody. He's just a big old lovable doofus. So with that, this is Frank's starting six, as he put it to me. These are the six guys, uh, starting the lineup, if you will, of Frank's favorite players. So first, starting in the goal, from the Boston Bruins, it's Tuka Rask. And as Frank says, Tuka hates to lose, and you have got to love that in a goalie. This guy, if you've ever watched, you ever see him get scored on in a shootout, and that's the winning goal? Guy loses his fucking mind, throws his stick, smashes it into the net, Goes off the ice like a laser beam. It's it's crazy. He is definitely 
the incarnation of Billy Smith, if there ever was one. He is a total flake. You have no idea what you're going to expect from him. Um, he, when you look at him, he just looks like that kind of guy that, you know, I just I may have committed a crime in the last few minutes. But I'm not really sure, but I'm not going to tell you because I'm not sure. But you can sort of tell by looking at me that maybe I was the one who did that horrible thing you just found out about. But I ain't talking, so screw you. Tugarask. Nuts and Frank's favorite goalie. Sort of makes sense. Uh, on the defense. Now, being politically correct, Frank's first defenseman is P.K. Subban, who, in Frank's words, is a world-class shit disturber. And he thinks, you know, if if, Frank, if P.K. knew Frank, they'd be buddies. They would... Uh, they would hit the bar for uh, uh, Labatt's and uh, uh, some pizza. Maybe a donut, eh? Um, he's got a big shot, a big mouth, and can back it up, except that he won't. Uh, his one thing in, in that Frank doesn't like about PK is that PK won't fight or doesn't fight often. He says, you know, he's a Brad Marchand, who, by the way, Frank despises with a passion. Um, he he gets in there and and uh, pokes and then runs. But uh, he says PK's got game. He's not afraid to show it. Uh, loves the way he dresses. Says he's styling, whatever that means. I guess looks good. I'm not sure. And Frank says he he revels in the other people's hatred of him. You know, the more you dislike him, the happier he is, or at least the happier he says he is. So you got like that. Um, I think for a professional sports guy in a, in a uh, team sport, that's not a bad, uh, bad uh, characteristic to have that uh, that a team just hates you with a passion. Uh, that moving from PK, uh, Frank's second defenseman is Drew Doughty, who he 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 says looks like he's been in thirty five fights, lost all thirty five of them. But is ready for another one. He's ugly. He's mean. And as Frank says, he's a keeper. He can score. He can pass. He hits. He messes it up. Um, as rumor has it, he has one of the biggest mouths in the NHL. Uh, he is a shit talker of epic proportions. And that uh, I've actually seen a few videos on the YouTube there where. Um, He's telling other players, like, touch me again and I will fuck you up. Literally in that language, too. I will carve you up, as he said to uh, was some rookie. I don't even remember who he was. Um, you know, cheap shots of, about how guys looked. Um, or uh, he was amazed that, you know, weren't you in the minors yesterday? And, you know, the typical shit talk that when you hear it and it's not at you, you think it's funny, but if it's directed at you, you're like, you know, I want to drop the gloves. So for Frank, that's that's perfect. So he, that's his uh, second uh, defenseman, is, uh, Drew Doughty. Then up front, um, Frank struggled with this because he, uh, of course, because as you know, Frank being a, uh, he just wanted to name every Philadelphia Flyer to the team. Because of course he loves the Flyers. I said, no, 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 Frank. That's that's not the point of this exercise. So uh, I had him narrow it down to one. 
and uh, he did that. So his forwards, uh, not starting with that guy, uh, he picked uh, Blake Wheeler from the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, in particular, he picked him because he really loved the idea that Blake Wheeler would get in a fight during a practice with one of his own teammates. That tickled Frank to no end. He thought, boy, you know, that's like walking into work at a brewery and uh, smashing a beer bottle over the head of the guy who works next to you and then getting drunk with him later, which, to be honest, Frank has probably done on several occasions. Um, this guy's from Minnesota, grew up in the in the roughs, uh, knows how to get it done, not afraid to drop him. He's got 85 points. And being from Minnesota and an American, um, he's got a pretty big mean streak because he's been stuck in Winnipeg all winter. Well, Winnipeg is a nice city. Uh, the weather's pretty rough, and uh, there's not a whole lot to do there except play hockey. So Blake Wheeler's decided to do that, and he's turned himself into a, from a half-decent player, I believe, in Boston to a, an extremely good player in uh, Winnipeg. Um, so that's Frank's one of Frank's picks. Uh, his second forward, another guy from Winnipeg who Frank just loves, and the reason why is just insane. But I mean, he is a hell of a hockey player. It's Patrick Laney, or Laney, Lane, however the hell you say it. The bearded Viking-looking Swedish guy, or Finn, or whatever the hell he is. Finn, I think. Um, he's got a shot like a fucking rifle. Yeah, rivaling Ovechkin for power. Uh, he's got 12 goals in his last 12 games. The other night he got cut. Got a high stick in the chin. Uh, blood all over the place. In Frank's words, uh, he just used his beard to stitch it shut. And uh, didn't uh, didn't need any help. He just did it right on the bench. Didn't miss his shift. Now that's, you know, that's uh, Frank's kind of hockey player. Uh, Frank, in fact, is convinced that uh, he must have at least uh, one of his parents must be Canadian, because he's he's just that good, and he's uh, he's carried the Winnipeg Jets. The two of them have carried the Jets into the playoffs, and uh, they look like they might even do some damage there. So uh, good for them. And then there's Frank's last favorite, um, last but not least, certainly. Uh, Frank could talk for 35 minutes. He's got like 12 pages of notes on why this guy is great. But to sum it up, he's from the Philadelphia Flyers, of course. But he's called Giroux. Now, those of you who know a little bit of uh, minutia from the Wide Men Can't Jump files, uh, the first episode of Wide Men Can't Jump um Frank got a little confused. Um, he read the uh, description of the uh, podcast, and he saw a bald, uh, what was it? I can't remember. Bald and basketball and something else, and he misread it as uh, bald beavers. And so, of course, he was intrigued. Uh, being Frank, and he called in, and I don't know why, but he just assumed um, the discussion that day had been about Ben Simmons. And, of course, Frank made the leap that that must be Wayne Simmons from the Flyers. 
And uh, him and T.R. got into it a little bit about uh, why you hate Wayne Simmons when, in fact, it was uh, Ben Simmons. And uh, Frank got a little testy in the studio. And uh, there's been heat ever since. Uh, Frank gets great joy out of letting uh, Tom know that his um, 76ers suck, even though they've made the playoffs this year and uh, Frank even wrote a uh, song to the tune of Tom Sawyer called The Ballad of Nate Bush for Tom's co-host on The White Man Can't Jump, uh, making fun of them. And uh, let's just say that for Frank doesn't miss a turn. Um, if he can poke some fun at, uh, at uh, Tom and uh, Nate, he'll do it. Uh, but anyway, that, that that's how uh, Frank got to be a, uh, I guess you could say, a fan of the... Uh, uh, wide men, and uh, he consequently he drug me into the foray because he's not always around, and he uses me as his uh, advocate on occasion, um, as he's doing now. Uh, anyway, uh, Claude Giroux, um, as Frank says, he's got 19 points in his last 13 games. He can score, he can pass, he plays tough, he's a flyer. What more can be said? He's a Philadelphia Superman, according to Frank. Then we got a long list of uh, guys that, uh, you know, cool guys that Claude Giroux is better than. And that list, well, I won't even begin to start it. You know, Superman, Spider-Man, Deadpool, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, uh, Jim Cornette. I'm not sure why Jim Cornette, but uh, Kenny Bolin. Uh, Frank does like his wrestling a little bit, but those are some crazy names. Um... But, yeah, so uh, that's Frank's uh, starting six, which I have to admit, uh, I don't know too many general managers in the league who if you could have Claude Giroux with Laney and Wheeler on the wings, with Doughty and Subban on the points, with Tugarask and Ned. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to take that lineup. It's going to get a bit expensive. But I don't know if you need a whole lot more if you got that first starting six. So uh, not bad for Frank. Um, Frank's going to drop in again next week with some crazy list. So stay tuned for that. And uh, Frank uh, bids you adieu from the Great White North. Um, we have one last story. And uh, how much time have we got left here? Studio? 25 minutes? 25 minutes at the studio. Um, I'm a little hesitant to get into this one because it is a little bit on the political side of things. But I found it odd that this story is big news, or at least is in the news in uh, America, and is not in the news at all in Canada. couldn't find a stitch of this story in any uh, Canadian outlets. So I'm going to go with it, and if this offends anyone, um, I'm going to say right off the top, this is my personal opinion. Um, you don't need to share it. I'm quite fine if you don't. Uh, I'm quite fine if you have a totally different opinion than mine. Um, I'm not one of those guys that it's my way or the highway. I'm quite content to have my beliefs and that they don't need to infringe on yours or yours on mine. And I wouldn't stop being anyone's friend if their opinion was different or stop listening to the podcast if your opinion is different. In fact, give me your nickel and 
be a part of the conversation. Andrew Ferentz, who many of you may or may not know, was an NHL defenseman for, he was a journeyman for quite a few years. I believe he may have even even won the Stanley Cup with the Bruins in uh, back in 2011, and he finished up his career um, uh, not very spectacularly after he signed a ridiculous contract in Edmonton, and uh, he had the captaincy stripped off of him, and he played six games in uh, his final season and was placed on IR. Um, but there's been plenty of speculation that uh, that was just short of a buyout, basically. But he did play 900 games, 907 games in the NHL, so you know, he'd been around. Um, Penguins, Calgary, Boston, Edmonton. So, you know, two big, big cities, two northern cities with a, probably quite a different uh, political outlook than uh, Boston or uh, Pittsburgh. Um, he came out with an article, and uh, well, suffice to say, it's the kind of thing that you know. I don't know. Um, I'm not offended by the article, and yet I am. If that makes sense. Um, Ferentz says NHL must reach beyond middle-aged white dudes. Uh, first off, if that was any other nationality or age named in there, that would have been considered an oh-my-God sentence. Imagine if that would have said, Andrew Ference says NHL must reach beyond middle-aged black dudes or teenage gay people or middle-aged transgenders what the flip out would have been. But, of course, because it's it's aimed at uh, middle-aged white guys, well, you have all that privilege they keep talking about, which is a whole other thing. But anyhow, moving on without getting into that quagmire. Um, Mr. Ferentz feels that uh, NHL players should do more... Um, uh, I guess should become more like uh, actors in the Hollywood set does, that they should use their fame for political and uh, and causes. And um, I'm one of those guys who I believe the total opposite. I don't tune into an NHL broadcast or log into an NHL sports page to read anything about, uh, and I'm not suggesting that Andrew Ferentz is, is anything bad or wrong. I don't care if Andrew Ferentz believes in green environmental issues. I don't care if he's pro-LGBTQ. I don't care if he thinks gun control is yay or nay. I just don't care. That is not why I watch hockey. If Andrew Ferentz wants to go on his own time, and do any of those things and support those issues, good for him. I don't want to tune into the Saturday Night Hockey Telecast 
to hear them interview Andrew Ference and let him talk about um, how uh, middle-aged white guys are not in the direction of hockey and we really need to uh, get political. Save that for the political channel. I just don't care. There's way too much, in my opinion, of this inclusive I don't even know what the proper word is. Where everything needs to be for everyone. Not all things are for everybody. Um, not everybody loves hockey. and Nor should hockey be changed to make everybody love it. Any more than... And I can hear people, oh, well, you, those examples don't make sense, Tim. It's a different thing totally. Um, any more than uh, rap music or black dance music or urban music or whatever you want to call it should be changed so that white white cowboys like it. No, it's black urban music for black urban people, and I'm fine with that. I love it. If that's part of their culture and they love it, good on them. They should. I don't think country music needs to, you know, we we, we need to include some rapping in country because it's not, it's not getting black fans. Well, it's not supposed to. Um, I just don't get the whole... We have to make everything for everyone. Why can't hockey just be hockey? And if you love the game, you love it. And there's parts of hockey I don't like. I think hockey has become slightly pussified in the last five or ten years. There's too much stick work and not enough body checking. But, of course, you know that's a whole other bag of worms where if you hit somebody, there's going to be a fight. And back in the day, you hit someone, and they got up, and they looked at you and went, okay, you better keep your head up because the next time we get in a corner, I'm going to run you through the boards. I don't know if it is a microcosm of society as a whole, if it's a reflection of what people have become. Um, I said, if you want to become politically active, that's fine. But you don't get to use my game as a tool to do it any more than if you worked at Walmart you don't get to go on the Walmart PA and spout out your political views because you use you work for Walmart and they have a PA system. So therefore, you should use that PA system to get to the masses while they're there. No, you work for Walmart. The NHL doesn't need pro sports don't need uh, a political affiliation one way or the other. They're a sport. They welcome whoever wants to come to the game or whoever wants to play it. I agree with them there. If you're a 72-year-old Rastafarian and you want to watch a hockey game, come on in. Sit down. I'll explain to you what I can. If you love it, great. If you don't, that's okay too. We're not going to change the game so that you do like it. Or we shouldn't change the game so that you do like it. Um... In fact, he went on so far as to say that he he uh, doesn't like the idea that uh, uh, pro athletes spend so much time getting good at this one thing that they become closed off from the world. And it's not healthy, and it's not good. But it's part of what makes you good at sports. Um, so what are you trying to say? I don't understand. Um, he said, the guys are too smart 
and not to be interested in many other things. But there's a hesitation that if you put yourself out there, you'll get jumped on by your fans or your coach for for not uh, being focused on your job. Well, damn right you should. You're getting paid millions of dollars by a team and their fan base to win hockey games. Not to talk about whether you think the trees in the rainforest should be cut down, which is not to say you can't have an opinion about that. The hockey game in second intermission is not the place for it. Um, I really hope that this goes nowhere and that this is just another guy talking. I don't think he means bad by it, but uh, I don't see any good coming from it either because for me it's just... Yeah, I just I, I these things they just never end well. It doesn't matter. I don't care what side of the fence you're sitting on. If you're a liberal, if you're a, a progressive, if you're a libertarian, whatever it might be, a conservative, a liberal, Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter. Some things need to be left alone, and they just they are what they are. And you can take them or leave them based on what they are or what they're not. Not, um, I don't know. You know, I really, really like hockey, but I, I'm not into basketball so much. So I really think basketball needs to have body checking. Because that would really make me, and maybe some people who like rugby and Australian rules football, might like basketball more. So let's introduce body checking. It's ludicrous, right? Tell me it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous, yes. I agree with you. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so that's my opinion on that. Like I said, if you don't agree with me, that's cool. I don't mind that you don't agree with me. But anybody that thinks hockey needs to be used to um, increase awareness of um, environmental things or LBGTQ and all that stuff, um, no, no, it doesn't. Uh, as I said, you can go as Andrew Ferentz, NHL hockey player, on Sunday wherever you want, and say whatever you want to whoever you want. But you can't use the NHL as that vehicle any more than how arranged I get when uh, celebrities, quote unquote, celebrities, has beans normally. Uh, get up and scream at gun rallies that uh, they're pro. But, you know, we need to take away guns, and yet my security detail's got 26 of them. And my home is, uh, I have a, we need to open up the world to everyone, and everyone should love everyone. And yet my home is, a ga- I live in a gated community where you couldn't get if you tried, and I've got 12 security personnel packing glocks on my property. Um, Which is not to say that there probably doesn't need to be some gun control in the United States. Don't get me wrong. But you're not the people to tell me what it should be because you really don't. I don't live in that world because I'm a, a homebody and stay by myself and ignore most of the world if I can. But celebrities certainly don't live in the real world and know nothing about what people face day to day. Um, 
be it economically or at school or in the workforce, whatever it is you do. Um, it's sad to see. Uh, I know even myself, being 50, that the world was a much happier place 20 or 30 years ago. And I didn't know anywhere near as much about the world as I do now. And maybe that's why. Um, the only thing I cared about what my hockey heroes were doing was uh, where the was the team winning, and how many goals did Daryl Sittler score last last week? Uh, I didn't care and don't care uh, what political party he voted for, or um, what he had for lunch, or whether his sister's cousin is gay. It matters not to me. So there you have it. Um, a rather somber look at that story and how I feel about those things. Um, there's nothing more to say. Live with it, don't live with it, is what it is. Now we got ten minutes left on the old uh, Wide Men Can't Score Bobby Orr episode. Let's turn things back up a notch. Um, the general managers' meetings were last week. And as to no one's surprise, they pretty much fucking agreed to do nothing. Uh, they won't touch the offside rule, uh, but at least for a good reason. Um, they don't believe that every uh, arena and games that aren't nationally televised have good enough cameras to be able to uh, see the entire blue line and whether a skate blade is really on the ice or off the ice. So they they didn't want to turn that over to uh, the exclusivity of cameras, not being able to have an even playing field of that capability from building to building. So that at least is logical. Um, They've made some kind of move on the goaltender interference, but nobody seems to know what it is because they haven't come out and said just that they'd reached some kind of consensus that they hoped um, to have in place for the playoffs. Um, So that's a positive, but whether that really happens or not and what that is, we don't know, so I'll hold off on that. Um, There was no move, uh, no interest in changing the puck over the boards for delay of game penalty because they think that's just great, which strikes me as being, as I've said before, one of the stupidest rules in hockey. But I guess I can live with it. If, If they can, I guess I don't have a choice. So I'll take that one. Um... And uh, the only other big thing that I can recall is that the, uh, even though the Seattle franchise has not been declared official, they come out and say that uh, Seattle will be afforded the same rules that Vegas got for as far as the uh, entry draft, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know <laughs> how that's not an official um recognition of the Seattle franchise, but for me it is. So I guess we've got a Seattle team coming to make for 32, and that's going to make for some more changes because we might see some shifting in the divisions and in the schedule. Because, of course, they'll have to pick up um, extra games inside their division, which will mean, uh, at the very least, less games against each other, which might be a good thing in the long run. Um, So coming up on the Wide Men Network, uh, Wednesday, 8 p.m., 
White Man Can't Jump. Uh, probably one of the single greatest shows going under the radar about the NBA basketball and, uh, to be honest, a little bit of college-age humor. Um, the guests these guys get are incredible. Uh, last week, and you can check this out on the, in the archive at uh, blogtalkradio.com. Uh, just search for Why Men Can't Jump. Uh, last week, we had the director of uh, basketball operations from the Marshall Thundering Herd, uh, NCAA Cinderella team, uh, Neil Skaggs. <laughs> Neil Skaggs, hell of a guy, great guy, great guest. Um, all that's right with uh, college sports instead of some of this nonsense of uh, some of the scandal and crap that you get to hear associated with the NCAAs. Uh, great guy. Uh, they've had Keith Pompey. Um, they've had several other uh, uh, beat reporters, uh, team uh, guys who call the games for teams. I can't remember their name offhand as I'm not the hugest basketball guy. But they've had great guests, people. Uh, Robert Fuller has been on the show. Uh, Bruce Pritchard has been on the show to talk about basketball and a tad bit of, tiny bit of wrestling. Um, future guests, the uh, possibilities of Kenny Bolin, um, and uh, types of a lot of wrestling guys who have some touch with the uh, basketball world, which of course in the United States is pretty much anybody who went to college may have had something to do with uh, with uh, the college basketball on some level, and if not, they're probably still a fan because uh, as the NCAAs have shown this year, how could you not be a fan? What a tournament this year. And that coming from a basketball, uh, not the biggest basketball fan in the world, but still um, excitement to watch there uh, left and right. Uh, oh, and Conrad Thompson might also be another possible guest uh, down the road if we could uh, land him. Um, so lots to look forward to there on uh, Wednesday. And, of course, um, Sunday night we have the, uh, the Sunday night roundtable, which admittedly is a little late for a lot of people. Um, but we go live Sunday night anyway to crack, and God knows what might come up on that show. Uh, it runs the gamut from uh, sports to politics briefly to some hate for uh uh, a certain segment of the population in general who need to grow up. Enough about that. You can listen to the show if you want to know what that's about. Um, it goes everywhere. And then, uh, of course, uh, I'm looking to add a second show on perhaps Saturday afternoon. Um, and I think it's going to be aimed mostly at uh, music. We're going to take a look back at... Uh, some albums from the 80s, 70s, or whenever people want to. And uh, not tear them apart bit by bit, because I'm not that big of a of a, of a nerd. But uh, I like to talk about them in their place and time, and uh, the tracks, and uh, who may have played on what. And go into a, a little bit of minutiae, but not a ridiculous amount, where uh, I tell you that, you know, they're... Song was recorded in a studio on a Tuesday and everybody was naked and holding their pinky while smoking a doobie. We won't get that crazy. But it'll, maybe you'll learn a little bit of information and uh, perhaps you might find uh, 
some uh, deep cuts or uh, some songs you didn't know about. And and the same for me. Maybe somebody might come in, call in, or uh, Facebook or Twitter, um, an album or a song in particular on an album that you know, maybe got by the masses, because that happened a lot back in the day. You know, a, uh, and the singles came out and people would play the first song on the A side and and uh, the songs they liked and flip it and uh, or maybe never flip it and you never heard anything on the B side if there was no singles. I know people are at home right now going A side, B side, what the hell is he talking about? Uh, side A and side B of that cassette tape. Track four on the on the old eight track, deal with that. If if you're now you know how old I am. Um, but anyhow, that's uh, that might start this Saturday or maybe the week after. Uh, I'm still looking for maybe somebody to come on this show and uh, play the straight man or the co-host or whatever the case may be, even equals if it uh, if you've got the knowledge and uh, and we mesh and you want to come on and spend an hour or two talking about hockey. Don't have to be a hockey aficionado just uh, good general knowledge is enough and uh yeah so we're looking for that too so i hope uh everybody had a good time today the show was a little different uh, a little different pace today um it's uh approaching uh, three o'clock in the eastern time zone so the kids are getting ready got their foot on the pedal to get the hell out of school uh, the old man is looking at the clock just praying for, depending on when you start these days. Uh, I hope 5 o'clock at the latest for you, unless you're on the shift. In which case, I hope the evening goes well for you. Uh, everybody be safe and uh, take care of yourselves. And uh, we'll see you next week on uh, episode number 5 of Wide Man Can't Score. Everybody have a good day. This is TD. I'm out of here. <laughs>